Sounds great. Go for it. Welcome to a special edition of Sharing Socks, uh, one that uh, comes on a Tuesday instead of a Wednesday because it's big time. The first Socks post game in <laughs> forever, <laughs> so 12 years, and uh, it's way out in Oakland, and we're ready to enjoy it. I'm Lee Allen, the the, uh, the duty uh, geezer from Southside Hitpen, with me as usual, my son Will who's out in California, which makes it sound like he's right there covering the game, but he's really about 400 miles south of Oakland. <laughs> but he's closer. He's closer than, than we are. And joining us is Southside Hitman's uh, woman of wit and wisdom, and especially uh, pitching guru, Janice Scurio. And uh, we're going to get into pitching very quickly. Uh, first kind of a general thing, the, the odds makers, uh, very mixed. On, on this series. Uh, ESPN slightly likes the White Sox, uh, 538 more widely uh, likes the A's. Uh, the uh, SI writers, seven writers, 4-3 White Sox, although Tom Verducci's was, actually Oakland's a better team, but I guess that's a win. Uh, and ESPN was 19 to 11 for Oakland. So eh, nobody really knows what's gonna go on with this first thing. Um, I think the famous really movie that you said never saw the A's are starting a lefty against a team that was 14 and 0 against lefties. Janice, why are they doing that? What, why did Bob Melvin do that? What's he, is he a complete fool or are there reasons that work out? Uh, I honestly don't think that Lazardo is going to go that far, honestly. I have a feeling uh, that. Uh, there's going to be a, a Craig Council type move pulled where maybe Lazardo will go maybe one or two innings. Uh, maybe he'll only face one batter and then uh, we'll see the bullpen take over. Uh, that's probably the part of ace pitching I fear the most, honestly, is that bullpen. Uh, especially Liam Hendricks has been incredibly lights out as their closer. Uh, he's got a 178 ERA. Uh, Right-handed batters are seven for 55 against him with only <laughs> one base hit. Uh, and uh, scary enough, uh, yeah, right-handed batters are batting 135 against Hendricks. Uh, Jake Diekman uh, is a lefty, uh, but uh, I don't think uh, we should discount that. Uh, he's got one earned run in 21 innings. Uh, he does walk a handful of people, though. He's got 12 walks this year. Uh, Right-handed batters are three for 43 with no extra base hits. So uh, I have a feeling we, we will probably see uh, some kind of move like that. Uh, but I think generally uh, the scouting report on the A's is that they're very lefty uh, heavy. Uh, White Sox uh, hitting uh, just in general uh, seems to match lefties. Uh, so the record is just not indicate, indicative of that. So uh, at this point, I'm sure that uh, the A's have seen the data. Uh, they'd be fools to not take a look at it. Uh, so I don't know. So something tells me that, that, that I know what they're doing or, or, or they, they know what they're doing. I, I would go with the guess. We should say Jesus Lucardo, 21 years old. He will be 22 tomorrow. The only Peruvian in the history of Major League Baseball. I, up there at Machu Picchu, I, I'm going to imagine, boy, if somebody hits one, it probably goes like 
10,000 feet <laughs> at least. But it's, it's an interesting guy. His ERA is over four, but looking at his splits at home, he's deadly. A 205 ERA at home, he can't pitch on the road. He doesn't have to do that today. But another one of his splits is uh, first time through the order. Everybody gets worse second time through the order. He gets really worse. I think he's 205 first time through, 293 the second time through on, on batting average and, and the ops and, and other stats tend along with that. So it would make sense, Janice, what you're saying. I'm not sure about the one batter, but uh, three innings maybe would be about it. Um, I although think Janice, in this case. I think Janice is 100% right. I think we're going to see, uh, I think we're going to see Lazardo for, uh, again, maybe not one batter, but they're definitely not going to see him twice. There's just, there's no way. And we talked about this a little last week, that if you're going to throw a lefty against the White Sox, throw them early and get them out of the game. Have them eat up innings before they see them twice, even if eating up innings means one or two. That's that's what they're going to have to do. Because like Janice, it's that bullpen. And Billy Bean, you know, he's – He's a little bit into stats, so I do kind of trust this this judgment and and what they're going to do uh, pitching by committee today. And then tomorrow, you've got a pretty tough starter. Right. I would be very surprised if Lizardo uh, uh, sees uh, the the entire uh, the entire lineup or goes through it more than once. Honestly, the one thing the one thing that that would go against that view, and I, I think we all agree that that's the likelihood is usually when you do that, it's to make the other team put in, in this case, their right-handed lineup, and then they have to switch to their left-handed lineup in the third or fourth inning or whatever it is. We don't have a left-handed lineup. <laughs> we got a right-handed lineup. That's it. And even the switch hitters, those that play, they're usually switch hitters are better left-handed. Ours aren't. Uh, Grandal has more power lefty, but he hits a higher average righty. Uh, Yon Moncada's splits are very, very even. Yes, Yomer Sanchez is very much better left-handed, but he's very unlikely to play. Uh, Leori's, I guess, still on the I don't think no, that they have taken him off. He is much better right-handed, actually. So you're not getting that switch to the lineup and make him play around thing. And you don't have yeah. to. I mean, that's that's the beauty of, of what they're going to do today and having all these great relievers at their exposure is obviously the A's know that the White Sox can't bring out a, a left-handed lineup. Um, just it doesn't exist. So, um, you know, I don't think that's the intention of starting Jesus at all. I think it's they know that batting average at home. They know he's super confident at home. Um, and they also know that if they leave him into the seventh, the White Sox will score 15 runs against him at that point of the game. But early on, I mean, if the White Sox don't like to walk early in the game anyway, so you might as well come out with him and see what happens and then bring these stud relievers who are just. Uh, well, and they, and they have that. You know, usually you don't want to burn every reliever uh, in the first game of a three-game series. But with Chris Bassett going tomorrow – Thank you, Rickon, for that trade. Um, he has given up one run in September. <laughs> He's been on 
unbelievable. So they probably don't think they need a whole bunch of relievers tomorrow. They may, we hope they do, but they're probably not planning on it. It doesn't Speaking. even matter if they do. They've got so many good ones. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've got a lot. Let's, let's, let's switch off. It's, of course, we've got, we've got, uh, just talk about our own pitching. We, we've got uh, Lucas Giolito going. He, I don't think, looked himself after the no-hitter. I, th- I think he's been a little off. Uh, with him, a little off means he gives up two runs. It, but, uh, and really, every game since then, he's given up two or three. But it's taken him a lot of pitches because he's not really blowing people away. He is walking some. He's striking out a lot. But long at-bats against him, which could involve our bullpen, which ain't too shaky itself. Yeah, that's I mean, true. I've noticed that. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, hitters are certainly making contact uh, with Giolito's pitches. Uh, yeah, uh, Lee, you're definitely right. He's not um, necessarily blowing people away, uh, kind of like what he did. Uh, d- during the no-hitter, uh, the game before the no-hitter uh, was especially impressive, too. Uh, he tied his career-high strikeout total with that game. Uh, yeah, so something I noticed is that his pitch count is being driven up early. So I believe in his last start, um, he exited the first inning, and I think his pitch count was, like, nearing 25-30, which is, like, not ideal. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, as a result, um, yeah, I mean, he's still uh, getting outs. Like, he's, he's definitely um, issuing uh, – I, I think his command is is not anything to be worried about, but he is issuing more walks than he would usually uh, issue. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I'm with you, Lee, in that uh, he is certainly kind of, like, not looking himself lately. Well, he's had, he's had uh, a little extra chance here to rest and be ready for it after an 119 119- – pitch game, which I did not understand why he was left in for all of that. Um, but it's interesting with the A's, we can get over to their offense. Uh, they're not a good hitting team, but they're an average hitting team against fastballs. They are pitiful against breaking pitches. A 153 average against breaking pitches. Um, so we need to look at Lucas's uh, slider is on. Uh, should be a nice day. Yeah, um, that's a that's an if. I mean, it, it it needs to be on to beat the A's. And I, you know, I'm a, I'm the positive hot take guy of this uh, podcast. Where I'm just going <laughs> to say, I think Giolito makes it through eight today, and I think he strikes out twelve. And more importantly, I think he only walks one. And it inspires him to not walk anymore. <laughs> well, that'd be good. The A's do walk quite a bit. I've got a, I've got a page here on their offense somewhere. Uh, but they, they, they are second in the American League in walks. Which yeah. is why, despite being 14th in batting average, they're seventh in on-base percentage. We all know Billy Bean, money ball, on-base percentage, on-base percentage. And they do it. They don't strike out a lot. Uh, so it could, again, be the we're trying to avoid, which is the long at-bats. I've noticed that, too, about Marcus Semyon in particular. That, uh, uh, speaking he of the trade. <laughs> yeah. 
Thank you, Jeff Samarja again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, to open up some Samarja wounds here. Um, so yeah, he certainly takes walks well, but otherwise he's been frosty. So um, for comparison, uh, he's got a 333 on base percentage, but um, he's seven for um, for 42, batting 200. Uh, so uh, yeah, he gets on base, but certainly uh, not really swinging the, swinging the bat very well. And I think especially with the absence of Matt Chapman, um, who was certainly pivotal in uh, in a kind of the A's revival renaissance, I guess. Uh, I think uh, yeah, this lineup is I don't know, not not too scary. Not many names in this lineup really strike uh, fear in my heart. But. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think it would. Uh, although uh, Chapman's replacement, Jake Lamb, who they picked up in September because you had that extended to the, I guess, the 15th when you could put people on the post, he's been really their best player, their best hitter. Uh, so they may not lose all that much uh, missing Chapman, but he's kind of the team leader guy too and all that kind of thing. I definitely think this is the best possible first round matchup at the best time. It was a blessing to fall back to that seventh seed in the in the AL just because of how everything's lining up. We get to throw two studs at these guys, and they are hurt, and they're not hitting that well right now. This is, this is exactly what we need. If we play them in a seven-game series healthy, I take the A's ten times out of ten because they're, they're a good squad right now. And – uh, but with this with this three game series where we get to throw Giolito and Keuchel to start, um, this is a good place to be. This is a really good spot. We do not want to go to game three. We do not want to go to game three. We do not want to go to game three. <laughs> Hot take: yeah. Game three, Dylan Cease, no hitter. Oh my God, that that, that that's like scorching. That that's very. <laughs> I think if that happened, I think like the universe might implode. I mean, <laughs> well, no hitter for one inning, and then they, and then we pull them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. A, a combined no hitter where yeah, Dylan Cease pitches the first inning, and then yeah, pretty much everyone in the bullpen just follows. Uh, yeah. We, we get to the to the to Oakland offense and and. and uh, Defense is interesting because I was looking up stats. Of course, this year for the first time in probably your lifetimes, uh, the White Sox grayed out well in defensive runs saved. Thank you, Jose, for such Jose Abreu for such a, such improvement. But uh, Oakland does not grade out particularly well and just okay. In Oozer, the White Sox are only middling, and Oakland is way better than anybody else in the American League. So I don't really understand how that works. <laughs> Maybe one of you folks could do that for me. I don't get it, how that can be. Hmm. Janice, any idea? Because I'm, I'm lost on that one. Uh, when it comes to uh, defensive stats, uh, yeah, that's not necessarily my strong suit. Uh, but Apparently I, it's I, not I, even the strong suit of people who keep them. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah, but I do know, uh, ben, based on defensive runs saved, that uh, Jose Abreu is basically playing uh, the best. It's the best, best defensive uh, year of his career. Uh, so we've seen uh, improvement from him. Uh, I haven't looked at Tim Anderson's updated uh, DRS, but I know he's back in the black, uh, which is also really great to see. 
Uh, I believe last time I checked it, it was like two, two or three, uh, which contrasts from his negative, I think, eight from last year, too. So that, that, that's an immense improvement. Interesting thing, I think, with Tim. Uh, so often, when a player's bat goes, his fielding follows. We've kind of seen this with Luis Robert. Right. Tim's bat has gone. It's been absent for maybe 10 days or so now, and we certainly hope that turns around. His fielding's been great lately. I mean, he's made some amazing plays. Yeah. That's right. But he has yeah. not let it plug him. Well, here's my hot take about Tim's bat. And this one's scorching as well. Uh, I love Janice's new uh, label for my, my takes. This is a scorching take. First up out of the game, home run, Tim Anderson. He bat flips the bat all the way down to me in Los Angeles. <laughs> I get to show you on the next podcast. Wow. Okay. All right. Does he sign it on the way? No, that's ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry that I even brought that up. Um, I tried to look at the lineup before we started, and we're just doing this a couple hours before game time. They haven't posted anything, so I don't know about Aloy. I've got a feeling he's going to DH from the way they were talking, but, of course, it was early in the morning in, in, uh, in California, so they hadn't done anything about it yet. That could be the best of all possible worlds because you can say to him, Gee, Aloy, we know you really want to play in left field, but boy, that ankle. I don't think we should let you play out there with that ankle. Uh, and Aloy won't be hurt. It won't, it won't hurt his feelings and, and cause his career to fold. And he DHs, our best possible scenario there. Adam Engel is in left field, our best possible scenario there. Suddenly, we are better offensively and defensively. And we could have an ankle to thank for winning the game. I, I co-sign on that hard, Lee, uh, just mainly because uh, that means that uh, Edwin Encarnacion is not in the lineup. Yes. <laughs> there was a great comment yesterday about putting egos aside. And if that was not a comment about benching Edwin and having Eloy DH, I don't know what is. But I agree with, with both of you. Had not, I love Edwin. I think he's got the most adorable cheeks. He can hit the ball 8,000 feet, um, but not today, not today. Right, right, right. I, as much as I love the parrot, like I, I need to see it more than like every every eight days. That's... <laughs> Speaking of parrots, there you go in the background oh, right here. That is not necessarily dedicated to Edwin, but... The spirit is there for him should Edwin uh, appear during the course of the game. Edwin, I looked him up. He, of course, has more postseason batting experience than any of the other uh, Sox. He hits 220 in the postseason, which is pretty lousy, but compared to what he hit this season, wow. <laughs> the big negative hitting in the postseason has been Yasmani. Uh, of course, defensively, he had that game, that whole series. Uh, where uh, he couldn't get warm-up pitches. But even offensively, career-wise, and he's got a lot of postseason experience, 115. Oh. Now, yeah. uh, you brought this up last week when we were talking about it. It's different, particularly for a catcher, a postseason series after 162 games and after 60 games. So this may be his breakout postseason year. He's definitely going to have his legs a lot more than he's had in previous years, which – 
could contribute a lot to to the defensive issues uh, in previous postseasons, and also the the poor hitting. I mean, if you if you catch a hundred games and you get out there or more, um, you know, 120, 130, you get out there in October, you, you've got no legs left. I mean, it is, it is brutal. Uh, so my hope, same with Giolito and Keuchel uh, in this series, is that having such a small workload is actually going to have us see these guys hit their prime uh, right around this time of, of what would be the longer season, game 61. Well, I, I thought Dallas looked really good last time out. Uh, anyway, so he's 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 ready to go, and particularly against a team that is very very weak against breaking pitches, he can go a game without throwing a fastball. Absolutely. Wouldn't make any difference. <laughs> He'd prefer it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He could just like stick with a sinker sinker change. Um, I mean, the, the sinker ball is pretty much his his primary pitch. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's good. Yeah, Keuchel should be incredibly fantastic tomorrow. So I, I can't wait to see him pitch. Totally agree. And and he's he's our guy who's going to be able to ground people who are getting too excited. And he's been there. He's been on this stage. And we haven't had a lot of pitchers who, who have pitched at that at that level, pitched in the World Series and the, the ALCS. So having someone like him go in, in game two and even just having someone like him around the clubhouse with, if we go to game three with whoever is in game three, I love the way Keiko and Giolito are talking about the other pitchers. I mean, they are invested in their work as well. And I have not seen that from the White Sox in quite some time because we've, we've had a lot of, uh, a lot of bums thrown. And this is a group of young guys who all, at worst, have great potential. And I think that Giolito and Keuchel realize that and realize that they actually have a window here to to win this thing in this bizarre, funky little season, which otherwise I don't think we would be in contention if it were a full 162. I think next year would be the year. Um, and I, I just love the way you hear Giolito and Keuchel talk about the confidence and how they can work on building confidence in the young guys and what the young guys need to work on. The fact that they're all caring that much about each other's pitching is a really, really good sign for things to come. I've also noticed too, with with every dugout shot that uh, you see, uh, it's always the pitchers. They're always talking to one another. They're always uh, discussing something. Uh, so it's it's Giolito, it's Keuchel, uh, it's uh, Dane Dunning. I, I, I've seen him kind of in that same click, Dylan Cease. They're always talking, they're always sharing ideas. Um, and same thing with uh, Gio Gonzalez too. If you kind of like push aside uh, his performance this year, uh, so many of the younger guys have mentioned that just having him around as an experienced veteran has been uh, worth its weight itself. Uh, that he's got um, he's got so, so many years of experience. Uh, he's got postseason experience. Uh, he's just a guy that knows the game very well. So he's able to kind of bestow that wisdom upon all of these younger pitchers. Uh, so it's, it's really great to see uh, that these pitchers have uh, such a great relationship with one another. And I really hope that the extent in which we experienced Gio Gonzalez this week is him just rooting for his teammates. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna yeah, lie. The other thing I know the pitchers chatting together uh, is that 
it's not the normal conversation when pitchers are gathered to chat together about, did you see the blonde in the fourth row of section 125? Because the blonde is cardboard and they've gotten, they've gotten used to that by now. The blonde is AJ Pierzynski in this yeah. <laughs> scenario. They should have brought that cut out with them to, to put it back and just hassle one of the A's a little bit. Hitting wise. Yeah, he didn't even choose that photo. The White Sox shows that photo of him, which I thought was interesting. Hitting wise, Luis Robert, nice last couple of games. The pitching that the Cubs threw out there may not have been the most difficult that you uh, would see all season, certainly not compared to what you'll see uh, in these couple of games. But he did, particularly the last game. He was he was hitting the ball. The first hit that he got to break the slump was was just there. It just hit, hit an open spot. But then he hit a couple really hard. Um, you want Mokata? Or you just hope his legs last. The, the poor guy is... is suffering i say he's the, the poster child for young people don't take covid lightly um <laughs> and uh but he's also been striking the ball with some real authority every, every time he hits a triple which seems to be his favorite thing uh i worry oh gosh is he gonna make it after everyone says three bases will he still be okay but he has been i've never seen a guy run so hard to get a triple and then just looked so upset that he ran that hard <laughs> like he is just gassed when he gets to third base it's probably because he hasn't been able to condition in the same way that he has in the past but hey big props to yo-yo for going for that triple all those times it's it's really cool to see him get his legs back we have we have noted before when uh jose abreu has had to score from first on a double that <sighs> Maybe having oxygen available immediately <laughs> would have been a really good idea. Jose is, is still hot. I, I was sad that his last two at-bats in the regular season, such an incredible MVP year, were very bad. Striking out on, uh, on uh, in his old ways, striking out on sliders way up the first baseline. But I'm sure, you know, they're back now. He's going to be steady and ready to go. This is for a guy who's been around as long as he has, Finally, to get this opportunity just has to be such a big deal. Got so, head shaking here. <laughs> I, I got to uh, add that I, I played this series on RBI Baseball 20 uh, yesterday just to see how it would go with the correct lineups, correct matchups. And uh, I did hit five home runs with Mankata in the first two games. So... He's going to have a good series if, if real life uh, mirrors my baseball video game set on easy. Um, and Abreu is going to strike out seven times. <laughs> well, he was waiting for you to play hard. He doesn't like to mess around with that easy version. <laughs> okay. It's supposed to be a little bit of a hitter's day. I, I, I saw the, uh, the pregame forecast, uh, light wind, but blowing out. So uh, some advantage to the hitters. Oh, I wanted to bring up the, the home plate umpire. Uh, da, da, da. Uh, we do not have the Angel Hernandez team for the first time in what seems like, I don't know, all season. Uh, Adam Hamari behind the plate. Yeah, I don't think Angel Hernandez is Ricky last year. He's a young guy. It's his third year. Um, but he ejected Ricky once last year, so it's not like it's all smooth sailing here. As best I can, I looked at their places that do umpire stats. And if I understood them, I would do this a lot better. But it looks like he's maybe a little better than average 
uh, on balls and strikes, which we hope. I mean, you just have to be better than a, you know, a, a salamander that's blind in one eye to call pitches better than Angel Hernandez. So I think we're we're in a good spot having anyone but him behind the plate. Um, he is a, a below average in walks, above average in strikeouts. So it sounds like he's a pitcher's umpire. Right. Janice, I have a question for you. Uh, what are – what are your thoughts on uh, Aaron Bummer's return? How do you feel about that? And how do you feel about him going into the playoffs? He's looked fantastic uh, so far. Uh, so I got to watch him pitch, uh, I think, uh, last Saturday night. And, uh, yeah, he looked fantastic. Uh, so uh, I haven't looked into any of the details, but I, I think his recovery's gone well. Uh, bicep doesn't seem to be bothering him anymore. Um, I definitely uh, – liked his return uh to the lineup much better than i liked carlos redon's uh so uh other than that i, yeah, I, I like carlos an unfair situation for him to be put in for a starter to come in with the bases loaded was a little rugged right yeah, yeah briefly giving him the benefit of the doubt there i i don't think <laughs> situation. I, I i still am pretty high on carlos uh he has great stuff uh i kind of uh, wish uh, he would have returned uh, upon better circumstances. Uh, but the postseason uh, bummer should be interesting to watch, uh, just mainly because, yeah, well, now we have uh, some really great uh, left-handed pitchers uh, to look forward to. Uh, so it's him. Uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, Crochet in particular has been a huge favorite of mine lately. I, I love analyzing him. I love writing about him. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, absolutely he's been incredible. And not to mention, we got to talk about how he has one of the best leg kicks we've seen in baseball in a decade, at least. It's Maybe since El Duque. Yeah, leg kick plus the rolled up pants combination. I, and the, 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 there's something <laughs> so, so uniquely old school about that that I love. And the fact that he's like 21 uh, just, just is completely adds more comedy to that as well. Absolutely. He's, I thought the first time I saw him out on the mound that they just couldn't find pants that were long enough for him because <laughs> he's such a string bean that I was right. like, oh my gosh, they did not have a, a 34, 38 men's pant uh, for, for Gary Crochet. Yeah, right. And so I, I, I've seen Crochet pitch in person and uh, yeah, Everything that you've assumed um, about him is is true. That the delivery just simply looks effortless. That he just has all this power from this like like eight foot tall, hundred and fifty pound body. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's just like the power just seems to appear out of nowhere. Uh, and, interesting. That's always lefties, right? That are right. like that. I, Matt, Matt Thornton is the example that comes to my mind right away. Lefties who look like they're just playing catch with their kid. Oh, Chris Sale. Yeah, Chris Sale too. And I mean, if, Sale if you could had a little more wraparound action uh, to us, but yeah, it was very smooth, and he certainly wasn't didn't look like he was exhausting himself. And yeah, and if, if you could just hear the ball just hitting uh, McCann's mitt as he was throwing, it's loud. And so the press box uh, at Sox Park is like on the 400 level and I, I could hear it. I could hear it loud as like, like clear as day, just 
So, so James taking the mini whoopee cushion worked. It's, it's a good, it's a good psychological effect on the opposition. Mm -hmm, precisely. All right. Any last words, either of you, before we uh, turn this over and send it in? Uh, let's go White Sox. Go White Sox. Yeah, I, notice I did not ask for any predictions because you don't want to jinx anything or you don't want to be negative either way. So you just don't want to get into that. We just go, got it, guys. I also want to, think. Oh, I want to give sorry. a quick uh, shameless plug. Anyone who likes listening to podcasts, check out the latest episode of Big Disney Energy, Big D-E, uh, where I got to guest and analyze the film uh, Rookie of the Year, um, the, the Cubs classic. And I can promise you a lot of great laughs and a just mind-blowing amount of anti-Cub sentiment. And... and Absolutely mind-blowing amount of incredibly teeny trivia about that movie. <laughs> Guys, thank you very much. We'll be back and chat tomorrow morning as we look for the White Sox to, we hope, be going into uh, a game to wrap it up. We'll see. Sounds good. Peace.